well, I'm Jake, um, and not from State Farm, so get that out of your systems quick. And uh, like many of you, I was raised in a Christian home. I was raised Catholic, but I didn't really understand what was going on, and I became very disinterested in spirituality. After my confirmation in eighth grade, I pretty much stopped going to church in general and just pursued my own life. I still believed in God, but I didn't really believe in having a relationship with God. Um, year after year, life became more and more mundane, and I began to ask the question, is this it? It was as if there was this hole in my life that needed to be filled. Uh, in the summer of 2019, I ran into my buddy John here at the gym we were going to. Now, John and I went to high school together, but he was in the grade above me, and we really didn't talk before. Um, he said that he was working down at the church and that his life had completely changed when he accepted Christ in his heart. And I said, that's great, man. Good for you. And that was pretty much it. About a month after that, my buddy Jake Foreman, who was a new Christian at the time, invited me to Lakeside Church for a steak and corn feed. Now I had nothing to do and I was hungry, so I went. <laughs> um, John just so happened to be the speaker there, and I thought, wow, what a coincidence. So after uh, his, he gave his testimony, um, we talked afterwards, and um, he, we exchanged numbers, and he seemed really interested in wanting to meet up and grab coffee. About a month after that, we met up for the first time, and uh, I knew going in that we were going to be talking about like spiritual things, and I was okay with it because it seemed like an interesting conversation, and uh, I had nothing else better to do, but I was, had convinced myself that I wasn't going to get sold on anything. I was afraid of looking naive or being used by someone. We met up for six months every week and had these epic two to three hour conversations. Over this time, I learned so much about Christianity, but I didn't really believe it. And frankly, I didn't want to believe it. Um, I was comfortable in my own wishy-washy, on-the-fence beliefs. Uh, not too long after John and I stopped meeting up, I started talking seriously to this one girl that I'd play trivia with. Now, a little bit of a backstory on me. I now know that I idolize this concept of true love and marriage. I thought that, you know, once I get a girlfriend, then my life was going to be okay. Um, I had never really experienced anything like this before, and I had put so much pressure on myself, and I think that's why it hurt so bad when it inevitably didn't work out. Um, I was truly at my rock bottom after this. I remember I had physical signs of depression. I was sleeping all the time. I wasn't eating anything, and I didn't find any enjoyment out of life. I was desperate for an escape, and I thought, if God existed, then he is the only thing that can get me out of this hole that I dug myself. I remembered my conversations with John not too long before, so I reached out and we started talking again. Um, this time, though, I wanted it to be true, and I had an open mind. Over the course of the spring and summer of 2020, my understanding of Christianity really just exploded, and my depression started to alleviate. Um, things were going great. I started to get involved in the church more. I started going to GCR. Um, I got involved in Colton Willie's small group, and uh, you know I was making a lot of progress, but I still couldn't let myself believe. Uh, John used to ask me, like, what is it that's holding you back? And I get, would get so frustrated with myself because I didn't know. I didn't know what it would take for me to actually accept this, but God did. And that same pesky idol that humbled me the last time came into my life. I started talking to another girl, but this time I had convinced myself that it was going to work out. Things were going to be different because now I'm pursuing God. Um, long story short, it didn't work out, and I was left at a crossroads. Either fall back into another depression or just go all in on Jesus. The next day, I chose the latter, and I professed my faith in Christ, repented my sins, and submitted myself a humble servant of God. But I honestly, at the time, I didn't know if I believed it. I was just desperate, and I just took that leap of faith because I had no other option. Now, I know that some of you out here have this euphoric or emotional experience where you feel the presence of God. 
Um, I didn't feel that any of that. In fact, the feelings I did feel were more negative than anything. The first feeling I had was buyer's remorse. Like, what did I just do? <laughs> I understood the implications of this and it intimidated me. I still clung to the world and I still so desperately wanted to be the center of my life. The second feeling I had was a worry. Worry that uh, this, my faith wasn't genuine and I was going to get the hopes up of all my friends and just peace the whole church scene in a couple of months. But as time went on, um, my confidence and the authenticity of my faith grew and I began to see real changes. Um, first and foremost, I was praying and reading scripture daily and it didn't feel forced and it came naturally. Uh, I had a strong desire to hang out with my Christian friends and um, uh, my top conversation topic of choice was always spiritual things. My actions and perspectives were changing and I had strong convictions about certain things. Now, I know skeptics might be able to write some of this off as like recency bias or some level of cognitive dissonance, and okay, I could kind of buy that. Um, but one thing I can explain is the same week that I professed my faith in Christ, um, a couple of life-dominating addictions just seemed to disappear. These were uh, habits that I've been battling my whole life, and but to no avail. It was as if I was being protected and shielded from the temptations. Um, and to this day, whenever I get overwhelmed by doubts and I just feel like jumping ship, um, that's what grounds me the most. And I know there are skeptics in this room right now, but I'm telling you, man, there's just something inherently true about this. And I truly think that you would be doing yourself a great disservice by simply writing it off as a bunch of superstitious nonsense. My prayer is that you earnestly seek after the truth with an open mind and heart, because when you call on the name of God, you will receive an answer. Um, real quick, I just want to thank my buddy John. No, seriously, brother. Thank you. Um, I'm so glad that you know God crossed our paths, and I'm honored to call you one of my closest friends. I'm so thankful for guys like Colton, uh, David Tashner, Todd Morris, and Chuck DeClean. You guys were instrumental in my walk. But most importantly, I am eternally grateful for God's love and compassion that he would give up his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. When I was thinking about ways to wrap this up, I wanted to end on the old country one-liner. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> but I began to think, that's not entirely true. I think a better way to describe that is that this is Jesus' story on how he saved a sinner. Amen. And I'm just so privileged to play a role in that. So on that note, Sailorville friends and family, I just wanted to say thank you and God bless. It's hard, it's hard to explain um, how in two years that could come out of his mouth. It's remarkable, and it really is an act of God. Uh, Jacob, you, you really are one of my best friends, and, and I praise God for what he's doing. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, I thank you for who you are, first and foremost. I thank you for you are a God who can open up eyes, Lord. And every, every Christian in here knows exactly what that means, that I, you were blind, you were dead in your sins, and somehow you were able to see the truth of the gospel, Father. And that is exactly what we see here in Jacob's story in his life, Lord. And we thank you for his salvation, Lord. I pray that you would continue to do a mighty work in his life. I pray that he would go on to do great things for the kingdom, Lord, and uh, I do pray for anybody in here who, who may be uh, thinking through these things, that they would really think through um, how you may be, the gospel really may be true because of Jacob's story. Lord, we love you. In your son's name, amen. You ready? Let's do it.
All right, Jacob, grab my wrist. Upon your profession of faith and obedience to God's word, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. My name is Jackie. I grew up um, going to a Methodist church in my small hometown. I was baptized there as a baby. I went to Sunday school in youth group, and my entire life I thought I was a Christian. And I viewed my Christianity as check boxes. I was a good person, I did good deeds, I believed in God, I was baptized. So that's how I viewed my Christianity. It wasn't until um, about the beginning of last year, my anxiety took an all-time high, and I started to seek God more in that time. In October, we found out my dad had cancer. And after I got that call, I dropped to my knees and I cried out to God that I needed him, and I needed him more than ever. Everything started to shift after that prayer. It was a week later, our friends Brad and Claudia here um, invited us to come check out Sailorville. After that first service, I knew that this place was different and I knew this was gonna be the place where I was gonna find God. Pastor Pat and Marilyn were the, so gracious to invite us over and they started going over the salvation guide with us. Each week I was realizing more and more that I was not a Christian and I did not know what it meant to be a Christian. After a few weeks of going over that, on December 6, Pat did a sermon and he ended that sermon with a prayer, basically laying out what it looks like to be saved and how to be saved. And I knew right then and there that that's what I wanted to do. So after it was over, I turned to my husband and I said, I wanna be saved and I wanna be saved right now. I took his hands and I confessed that I was a sinner. I asked for forgiveness of my sins and that Jesus died for me and he rose for me. And I asked him to come into my life and into my heart and he did. The years of anxiety and fear and sadness that I had carried around my whole life was finally being lifted. I finally felt like I was being healed. I had a place to turn to, and that was the Bible, when I had my moments of triggers and darkness with my anxiety. And it has pulled me out. The Bible has pulled me out of those dark times more than any medication ever has been able to do. I am just so grateful for that. I am so grateful for my salvation, and I am grateful I now get to raise my kids in a strong Christian home. Good morning, my name is Eric Bannon, and this is my testimony. Um, I grew up in a strong Christian home. Um, we went to Bible school and youth group. My mom is a very strong Christian. She's been praying for this day for a very long time for me, so it's, I know she's in the crowd right now rejoicing. My father was also a Christian, very strong. He passed away 10 years ago, this weekend actually, so I know he's rejoicing right now in heaven. You know, I continued to go to church through my childhood. I remember when I was 15, 
I went to the Passion of Christ with my father and his friend and my other friend. We went to Dairy Queen afterwards, and we took our Bibles in, and my father asked me if I was ready to be saved. I said, okay. I was doing what I thought my dad wanted me to do. I didn't accept it for myself. And I continued to go to youth group after that, and as I got older, you know, in college, I started drinking and partying. Eventually, I met Jackie, and we settled down, got married, had kids, and we were going to a, a local church, and it was kind of a feel-good message. You never left convicted, wanted to dive deeper into the Bible. And it wasn't until our good friends Brad and Claudia started coming to Sailorville that we were just anticipating that invite to come here. And once we did, after that first service, we knew we needed to make changes in our lives and that we had found our church that we wanted to go to. And it just, God just works in amazing ways because I grew up around this church. I lived just down the street on 6th Avenue. I'd ride my bike up here. My best friends lived in the white house that the church actually owns. So we'd play hide and seek around here. We'd run through the church. And like Pat said, my great uncle Art Cross has been a member here for 50 plus years and Lorraine is my grandpa's sister. It's just, God works in amazing ways and prayers just even within the family group bringing us back. And I remember we started a Bible study with Pastor Pat, Marilyn, Brad and Claudia. And I remember the salvation guide, the first, at the end of the first chapter, it says that you're ungodly and that you're a sinner. And that just struck me. I kind of just sat there in awe because it's something that I'd never really heard before. And to think of yourself as ungodly is, it's a hard pill to swallow. I knew then that I needed to be saved. And it wasn't for two weeks later on December 6, 2020, we just got, watching, got done watching Pat preach about uh, the coming of Jesus. And my wife turned and looked at me when it was over and she said, I want to be saved. And I was like, okay. Don't we need Pastor Pat or Marilyn here to do this or anything? So <laughs> she said she wanted to do it now. So I, I took her hands and I, I prayed to Jesus that I was a sinner and that he died on the cross for me and Jesus rose again so I could have eternal life. And I accepted him into my, into my heart that day. And since then, you know, I, my kids are learning so much in uh, Sunday school when they're here every day and what we teach them, it's just amazing what they get to learn. Jackie and I's relationship is so much stronger. I can read the Bible now and understand it and know where to go and different references in it. And uh, it helps me with my stress. I find myself praying and I just, every day I pray to be a little bit more like Jesus. Amen. Thank you. You want to pray? Why don't you go ahead and pray, Brad? Okay. Oh, let's get Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for an amazing Easter Sunday. Uh, we appreciate you bringing uh, the Bannings uh, into the church and making them new creations. We thank you for Jesus and his resurrection and him dying on the cross for our sins. Um, we are just super excited. We love Sailorville. We are uh, very appreciative of, of our lives and our afterlives. And we thank you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Eric, it's been a great honor uh, to be your friend. But this might be the greatest honor that we've had in our, our uh, tribulations together yet. Um, I'm super excited to baptize you. Uh, so with that being said, and in your profession of faith 
and in obedience to God, Eric Banning, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. my honor as your friend to baptize you. So, <laughs> upon your profession of faith and in obedience to God, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's easy to sing after that. Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. Uh, and you know, really nothing says Easter like uh, in a church setting than practicing believer's baptism, because this picture's dying, being buried, and raising uh, with Jesus Christ. And the people getting baptized are already Christians, but they're identifying with them, of course. And I have a very special friend here. Her name is Lila. And uh, just a little word about her. Um, the Bible says it's by grace that we're saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. It's not a result of works so that we, do, we can't boast about it. But here's what the scripture says. It says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And the word workmanship means work of art. Okay, so uh, if, you, uh, if you know my friend Lila, she's an artist. In fact, she doesn't know I'm going to say this, but she actually drew... And a piece of art for me just for this special occasion today. And uh, she's, uh, yeah, you give her a round of applause. That would be awesome. And uh, you're looking at some of her work right now. She is one of God's works of art. Very precious in God's sight, and she's here to share her story with you now. Lila. Good morning and happy Easter. Yeah, my name is Lila. Um, I've grown up in a Christian home um, all my life, um, and so one day, I, when I was really young, um, I came up to my mom and I told her that I wanted to be saved, and so we went into her bedroom, um, we looked up a few verses in the Bible, and um, I prayed to ask Jesus in my heart, but I didn't really know what it meant, and I just thought it was another good thing that I should do. Um, and so time rolls by, and um, um, I'm in my grandma and grandpa's new camper with my sister and my grandma. And my grandma was telling us stories of like when she was driving on a motorcycle through a place that had recently had a wildfire. And um, she said it was so hot and smoky and terrible that it reminded her of hell. And she got a heat stroke. And so she found, after a while, she found um, a little um, shack with water in it in the middle of nowhere. Um, and that saved her. But she said it wasn't just pure luck that saved her. It was Jesus the entire time. And she was also telling us how um, she knew someone wasn't saved and how she did, she knew she didn't have to worry about me or my sister because she knew we were already saved. So that really made me think about my faith. Um, and so a few months later, um, I was sitting at the bar in the kitchen and I told my dad that the most important day is tomorrow. And he said, no, you, you, the most important day is today because you don't know if you got tomorrow. 
And so um, that also made me think. And so a few months later, um, I got a journal with my mom to write back and forth with. And after a while, I told her that um, I was afraid of dying in the night and that if I did die in the night, I knew that I, I knew that I was going to the wrong place, and a bad place. Um, and so the subject was kind of dropped for a little bit, and then, um, then I told her again because I was thinking about it every night that I was going to hell if I died. And so um, the next morning, my mom brought me to the couch, sat me down, and I placed my faith in Christ. But I didn't just believe in Jesus. I believe that he died, but he didn't just die. He rose three days later. And I've, for the rest of my life, I wouldn't live for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lila. We rejoice in your testimony, and we want to pray for the rest of your life. How's that? That you might be a real champion for Jesus. Shall we do that? God, we thank you so much for Lila Holen. Thank you for all the experiences of her life, being raised in a wonderful home, and even realizing that her first decision wasn't real. It wasn't from her heart. And she needed a powerful illustration from a grandmother. And, uh, and even the vivid, I remember her sharing that story, Lord, about being frightened of hell as we should be. But Lord, to hear that you were more than a, more than a shack in a wilderness, Lord, you, where water is. You, you gave her the water of life when she trusted in Jesus, when she finally did. We pray that you would help her to be a champion for Jesus, to grow up walking, living, and being that work of art that we already see her as now. And may it conti she continue to flourish and be beautiful for your sake, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's step down here. Lila, we praise the Lord for your testimony. And upon your profession of faith, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Up uh, as a kid, I think I was a fairly, fairly good kid. I was a church Christian. Um, we went to church every Sunday. Um, didn't really know the meaning. I guess I was probably not really trying to appease my folks, but, you know, that's where I needed to be. So that's where we were. Um, as I got older, uh, we turned 15, I turned 15, ended up moving. Um, shortly after my, my family moved, they ended up getting a divorce. Uh, it was a very hard, hard time in my life. Um, ended up finishing school. Uh, I moved back with my dad. Ended up working for his construction company. Uh, took a job landscaping shortly thereafter. And, you know, had a passion for it. Ended up going into a business for myself, opened up my own company. Um, between drinking or doing what society deemed as a normal, you know, life as a young guy in his 20s, uh, drinking, doing drugs, partying, um, living a very sinful life. I was very lost. Um, making some poor choices. I also found casinos. Um, and, and gambling around that time as well. And so I basically, uh, all those decisions um, allowed me, I was doing good in my work, good in my profession, um, doing good in my business, but I started blowing all my money. Um, literally the point I had nothing. I mean, I blew all of my money. 
uh, money that money for bills, money for jobs. And so in efforts to get more money to pay my bills and in efforts to get more, um, you know, more money to gamble with, I started padding my labor on my jobs. Um, at the time, I didn't realize I was doing anything wrong. I didn't think anything of it. Um, I was completely lost, completely lost. And uh, ended up not thinking I was doing anything wrong. Well, that choice led me to prison. Um, what was supposed to be 90 days ended up being about three years of my life. And so uh, I believe God has always had a grip on me. Um, throughout prison, there was a ministry that came and visited, um, in which I definitely heard and, and went to every Sunday. Uh, certainly was speaking to me through that. Got out, had a real positive mindset, was ready to do right. Um, I entered in another bad relationship. And a year into that relationship, I had my son. Uh, when my son was born, uh, completely, you know, in every way, uh, you know how a child changes your life. Um, completely wanted to become a good dad and a, and a better man uh, to raise him and raise him right. And so in those decisions, ended up pushing my ex out of the, the picture. Uh, so I started raising my son by myself. Um, that next year, I met a huge light in my life, um, Amber, who's now my wife. Uh, we got married. Now I have two sons, um, my 10-year-old son, Johnny, and Jace as well. Um, we, we didn't really, we felt something pulling at us to go back to church. Um, we had been talking about it for some time. We found Sailorville online and started attending online for four or five months. Um, felt comfortable, felt like this is a great church for us, so we ended up coming and visiting. Uh, second, uh, be the second or third sermon we came to, uh, Pat was preaching. And it was like nobody else was in the room. It was like it was just me and him. Um, every word, I mean, just hit me hard, um, very hard. And I sat there questioning myself. This is January 31st. Um, sat there questioning myself, am I saved? You know, did I, did I truthfully trust in Christ when I was baptized when I was younger and, and gave my life to him? Um, and I didn't feel like I was. And so we got home that day. <clears throat> Kids went down and laid down for a nap. Um, and I went downstairs to my office. And I got down on my knees, and I just asked God. I said, God, um, my whole life has been conditions. It's been, uh, I'll give you a percentage of me. I'll give you 10 15% of me, but I want to keep the rest for myself. Um, I like who I am. I don't want to give you all of me. And that prayer that day was, God, I'm ready to serve you. I'm ready to give you my entire life. Um, I want to spend the rest of my life serving you. Amen. And I uh, asked him to come into my heart. And that day, um, since that day, my heart has completely softened. Um, not much of an emotional guy. I think I've been more emotional in the last two months than uh, <laughs> in my entire life. So it's been a big change. Um, all the shame and the guilt and all the, um, the bitterness and whatnot that I've had and carried for a long time has been taken off my shoulders. Um, it just continues to disappear every day um, as being replaced with love. So truly humbled. Thank you for, thank you for hearing my story. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'll take that. It's a great story, Sean. God says that when we come to his son in the way in which you did recently, he takes what are ashes and makes them beautiful. And uh, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, and we thank the Lord for you. Let's pray for Sean. God, we thank you so much for Sean for allowing him to go through, and by his own, his own choices, some difficult times. And yet, Lord, you, as he even mentioned, you had your grip on him. 
And you brought him here. You brought him under the influence of the true gospel. And you, you brought him to repentance and faith in Jesus. And we thank you for the changes that you're making in his life. And we pray you continue to help him to walk with Christ in a manner that's worthy of him in the days to come. Bless him so much. And for this great act of obedience, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, upon your profession of faith, Sean. You can just put this here. In your okay. There you go. Sounds good. And in obedience to God's word, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord, man. God bless you. Praise the Lord.